This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. And now, from beyond our dimension, this is the Jeff Mara Podcast. Here's Jeff. Today's guest is Anna Knapp. Anna had a near-death experience three years ago due to severe ketoacidosis. And today we're going to learn about it. Anna, thank you so much for joining us and welcome. Hi, Jeff. Thank you for having me. All right. As you know, my audience loves to hear about near-death experiences. So if you don't mind, can we start on the day yours happened? Um, I was sick for a couple, like a week before, so I'm not clear on the date, but it was in August, three years ago. Okay. And I, uh, I started to lose my breathing abilities, and I knew that I was pretty sick and I needed to go get some help. Mm. And so I went to the emergency room um, in my local area and was told that if they didn't do something for me, that I wasn't even going to survive the night. So um, they put me in a a medically induced coma and they told me that when I wake up, if I wake up, I would wake up in a Green Bay hospital in Wisconsin. That was a bigger area and it was, designed for traumas such as mine. So I don't know. I think it was like three or four days I was in that coma. But during that coma, that's when the experience occurred. Mm. And it was um, my mom's voice. And I, it was all audio. It wasn't, I didn't see myself floating up towards the ceiling or anything like that. But I did hear my mom's voice and she had passed away two years prior. Mm-hmm. And it was, it, she was booming. Voice was booming in my ears was pretty much, I couldn't even know where it was coming from. It was like everywhere. And it was, Anna, if you want to survive this, you're going to have to be strong and you're going to have to kick and, and fight. And she said, now get angry, Anna, and kick and fight. And in the background, my mom's voice was booming over top of my ears, over top of myself. And in the background, I heard angelic music. And I can't even describe how it was, except I can only describe it as angels singing. And I, I was, I was totally like blissful. But then when my mom started to tell me to kick and fight and get angry, I had a overwhelming sense of anger. And I stayed angry for probably the last the the month or so after I woke up, because it's been a tough struggle. 
So when you say that you didn't see anything, it was it like you were in blackness and you saw just blackness or you just don't have any memory of sight at all? I, I seen just blackness. So I seen just blackness. Maybe you were in the black void. That, you know, and I, I have heard of the black void, but sometimes people think that the black void's evil. I think I was basically at death's door. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. because I did feel the overwhelming sense of peace and love. I wasn't alone. My mom was there with me. I'm guessing if I, you know, I, I know for a fact that if I wouldn't have fought and kicked and struggled to survive, I would. I would have crossed over. Do you think at the time that all this was happening, did you remember that you had already been placed in a medically induced coma? See, that was the confusing thing. Hmm. Because when they, well, they first had to wake me up a few times to make sure that I had, you know, some function of my brain left. You know, and that was really confusing too because they would only just wake me up a little bit. So I can remember like, the nurses, you know, they they did like they moved me and and then um I was told by family members afterwards that were, you know, um my emergency contact that I started to become combative. So they had to put me back under into my coma, which shows that, that I I was I still had that fight. So when you heard your mother's voice, was it more hearing it or feeling it like your body would vibrate with the it, sound of it her was, voice? It was like through me. It was over top of me. It was, I was like consumed in that voice. Mm. And I, and then in the background, I heard the angelic music that I can only describe as angel singing. Mm. I know when I came out of my coma, I, I did, they did lose a heartbeat. Mm for a little while on me Hmm. because when I was in um, the ICU uh, critical care ICU um, they had the the numbers over the bed like the digital clock where they start it when your heart stops and then they just to see how long the heart was stopped right and mine had like six seconds on it Hmm. so just very briefly but you know Maybe that's when I got angry and I just, it was an overwhelming sense of anger. It's like no anger I ever felt before. And did you, I had to struggle. Did you have to think of something to make yourself angry or did something already kind of bubble up to the top that you thought and remembered and that triggered you to get anger? I, I've never even experienced that type of anger before. I think that that was my mom, maybe, or the universe, or it wasn't my time. Mm-hmm. And I and I I know that I'm here for some reason. You know, I think about my son. You know, he was only 14 at the time. You know, and I I knew he needed me, mm-hmm. but it wasn't like a conscious thought when I was like having my near-death experience. That was a thought that came later. Were you already angry before this happened and you had repressed it? No, I don't believe so because, you know, I've worked with counselors almost all my life and I think that would have came up, like, you know, during a therapy session of some sort. Mm -hmm. Um, 
I think it was just something. It was, it was insane, intense anger, like not even humanly possible anger. Hmm. That's so, I mean, they, they they would come into my um, hospital room and ask they asked me to get up and walk in a walker, and I'd take that walker and I'd throw it across the room. Wow. I mean, I was I was super angry, you know, and it took a while for that to like go away. And did you have to do anything for that to go away or did it naturally go on its own? It just went on its own. I got, I think probably it was fighter's flight, you know, and I was fighting. Yeah. It's, you know, human survival. Right. When you heard the angelic voices or the music, was there instrumentation with it or just voices singing? I I know some I know a lot of musical instruments. Um Harps don't even come close. Hmm. There's like, I can't think of any um, earthly object, instrument that comes close to that, that feeling or that sound and how much feeling of love and acceptance there was when I heard that. Hmm. I still tear up today trying to talk about it because it was absolutely amazing. So how have you changed as a person after your experience? Oh, there's so many ways. Um, I've become a highly empathic person. Sometimes I can't even like, even a commercial, like the baby being born, it will make me cry. Um, Happy tears, sad tears. I, I I cried a drop of my hat, hmm. you know, and this right here is kind of difficult for me not to cry. I'm sure you hear how my voice wavers. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's amazing. I've been, I first, I, I got into a near-death experience group, um, you know, a few months afterwards. That's and uh, I made a lot of different connections. And I've, I've actually realized that I got some gifts that oh. I brought back. Like what? Um, well, I, I can see some future events that are going to be happening. I mean, not clearly. Like uh, if somebody says a word on TV, I'll say that same word or that very phrase just a couple seconds before or even like you know 30 seconds before um so i do that quite a bit um i can feel negative energy with people it makes me physically sick um sometimes i get blisters on my hands and feet just because of the negativities and like the people because a lot of people nowadays especially are kind of negative and that affects me profoundly so that you know i had to like cut off a lot of um my friends um even some family members because i i just couldn't take it yeah. i mean i wasn't gonna you know let myself get trained because of it did you tell your friends and family about your experience? And if so, how did they react to it? Um, uh, well, my sister's a narcissist, and I told her about it. 
and she tried to, you know, say that she had a similar something or another, you know, of course. <laughs> um, my best friend at the time, uh, well, she wanted to beat me up because I, I don't know. She's like, well, you're, you can't leave me. You can't leave me. I don't know if it was fear. And she never struck me, but I mean, she was, she was pretty mad. <laughs> wow. Um, my parents were both dead. Were both dead at that time. So, I mean, but I have a lot of um, dreams, a lot of lucid dreaming, where um, usually my mom comes in my dreams almost every night. Hmm. You know, and we talk. You know, sometimes my dad shows up or whatever. You know, but usually my mom is in almost all my dreams. You know, and she's very, very close to me. Mm-hmm. I sometimes I, I've always been able to smell her perfume or, or like skin lotion. But after my near death experience, it was it was a lot more often and very much, much more stronger. Do you fear death anymore? No, no, I don't fear death. I don't fear death. And, you know, the interesting thing is um, when I was a younger child, um, teenager, young teenager. Um, I, I liked to research near death experiences. In fact, in high school, I did my thesis paper on near death experiences. Mm. And then fast forward 25 plus years later, now I'm dating myself, <laughs> um, you know, and all of a sudden here I have one. So I'm wondering, you know, I've heard a lot about life contracts. So, I mean, maybe perhaps that's why I, you know, looked into them, you know, as a younger, as a younger teenager. Would you say that you're glad you had one or not happy about having one? Oh, I, it's, a, it's, it's, a, it's a mixed blessing, I guess. Um, my body still hasn't recovered completely. Um, you know, I, I have, I had heart problems and diabetes before I had a near death experience because the diabetes was directly linked to the ketoacidosis. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, um, I don't know. I, I wouldn't recommend it. Anybody try to, because it's, it's a long recovery road back right? and you change so profoundly that. You can never go back to the way you were, mm-hmm. you know, but now I think, why would I want to? Right. That's fascinating that you said that. So how have you changed or in what way are you different now that you can never go back to the way you were? Well, I've learned a lot of different things. I've been researching um, a lot of like sound healing, like um, not Western medicine at all. Um back to the Native American Indians and their shamans and what they used to do. And because I, I am part Native American. So I, I feel kind of at home with that. Um, I have reversed my diabetes just by thinking positive thoughts. And I am healthy. I have, I have healthy blood sugars and I use um, a Tibetan singing bowl and um, a tuning fork, mm-hmm. 528 frequency. Mm-hmm. That's natural frequency of the planet. 
And it's just been amazing. It, it, my blood or my A1C was 5.9. And I mean, that's, you know, that's, it, it's diabetic, but it's not like I needed insulin or anything, mm-hmm. but I was taking metformin. And um, six months later, after I started using these tools and thinking positive thoughts um, that I am healthy and I have healthy blood sugar and my, my A1C dropped to 5.4 from 5.9 to 5.4 in six months. Wow. It's impossible. Wow. My doctor said it's medically impossible. You know, it's an amazing synchronicity is yesterday I recorded a podcast with a woman who does music therapy and we were talking about bowls and stuff today here we are and it worked for you it works it works it does um i i have heart problems um last time i went to see my cardiologist he wasn't even concerned he goes i don't know what you're doing he goes but your blood pressure is stable you're you i mean i used to have you know my heartbeats were arresting at 120 beats a minute you know and now it's like 85 so that's a huge improvement. Mm-hmm. I didn't even need an EKG. He's like, I'm not even going to do an EKG. He goes, I don't know what you're doing, but keep it up. That's amazing. So he wasn't worried. So you are diabetic free completely, not on any medication or anything now? I am not on any medication. Wow. I just watch my diet and, you know, just keep checking my sugars. And you're using a 512 uh, uh, bowl? I think that's C, just your middle C. At 528 tuning okay. fork. Okay, yeah, tuning fork. Dang it. Yeah, let's see what you do. How do you use that? Just like what you're doing? Oh, it, yeah, this is an amazing thing. Um, you can actually like zap yourself with it. Um, you can put it in like um, spring water. Not tap water, completely 100% natural spring water mm-hmm. in, a, in a glass and ding it and then put it in the water and then drink the water. You're getting healing energies. And so you do that and maybe give yourself positive affirmations like I'm healthy, I'm going to be well, stuff like that. That's the ticket, yeah, That's because awesome. it's mind over matter. Mm-hmm. I mean, think, look, think about the placebo effect. Yeah, Some people get better you know, on the placebos and they're just sugar pills. How did you choose the 528 sound over another sound? Um, I, I've been talking to a lot of different people and actually researching it myself. Oh, okay. So, I mean, yeah, that's, that's the best frequency. Did you find out that maybe that frequency is good for diabetes or for cardiac it's problems? It's good for healing. It's for healing. good for healing. It's, it's good to raise our vibrations because the planet needs it for sure. Mm. And everybody needs it right now, especially, mm-hmm. you know, it's do kind kindness, be kind to everybody. Um, you know, smile, be grateful, even, you know, be grateful for what you have. Cause I mean, some people don't even have, you know, what, what I have, and I don't have much, but what I do have, I own, and I'm I'm very grateful. 
Mm. And if I decide to get into a slump and start feeling sorry for myself, then I think somebody that may be a quadriplegic in a wheelchair definitely have it better than that person or a street person. You know, I mean, there's, there's so many things to be grateful for and people just, they don't look around anymore. I mean, it's too busy with schedules and mm-hmm. get back to nature. Yeah. Hug uh, a tree. What sent your body into ketoacidosis in the first place? Um, well, that's, that's a conversation that um, one of my family members like pretty much ate all my diabetic food. And I had like nothing to eat. So it was like starvation, melabotic, ketoacidosis. All my levels were weird. Um, My potassium was down. I think my sodium, they said, was 0.03% in my whole body. Mm -hmm. So, So, I mean, yeah. So I guess you weren't eating well and your blood chemistry got all out of whack. Yeah, my blood basically turned into acid in my veins is what I was told. Mm-hmm. And, um, at, you know, after they ha- they took me out of that coma, um, I forgot this one point um, that was, wow. Um, the doctor came in a couple days after I was recovering and in a regular room. And he sat down and he said, do you know who I am? And I said, you're the doctor that saved my life. Mm-hmm. And he was like in shock mm-hmm. because by the time I got to that hospital, I was already in a, a medically induced coma. Right. But I, I don't know how I knew who he was. Right. And, you know, I, I don't remember seeing or hearing him, but I knew who he was right away when I when, when he entered my room. Wow. You say you can see stuff in the future. Have you seen any world events unfold that you saw prior? No, I, you know, I, 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 I know that we're headed in a, in a bad place. I know that. Hmm. Interesting. You know, um, I wish I, I, I'm, I'm trying to learn how to better develop it and possibly control it. So you know, maybe I can you know, do something more than I'm doing right now, which is I'm at the beginning of a long journey, Mm -hmm. so to speak, Mm -hmm. you know, but I mean, yeah, every time I learn a little bit more, I can try to develop it a little bit more. So I have a better handle of future events to unfold. So I don't know, maybe I don't want to know what's going to happen. Right. What do you think inspires you about your experience? Oh, just everything. The winds and the trees, um, the seasons. I I am so into nature. Um, I do a lot of meditation now. Um, you know, it. I, I don't know. It, the, the sun on my face is amazing. You know, a lot of people, they go outside and they don't even feel them healing rays of the sun you know um smell a rose you know just everything about nature you know and the sound frequencies are part of that the tides you know this 
the waves and the lakes, the oceans, the moon, the stars. If you met somebody who had an NDE three weeks ago and they were having trouble coming to grips with their experience, what kind of advice would you give them? Well, I definitely tell them to give it time because it takes it takes some time, you know. Um, be careful who you talk to about it, for one. Because I've had some people that, you know, like my, my ex-best friend who wasn't very nice to me. Mm-hmm. You know, or, or, you know, my sister who tried to lie because she wanted to be just like me. Mm-hmm. You know, just, you got to be careful who you, who you tell about it. Make sure it's somebody you trust um, and give it time. You know, you don't have to talk about it right away. Oh, it took me a few months before I even started talking about it. You know, and and but be ready because your life won't be the same afterwards. Did you ever go through a period of self doubt? For example, after you had your experience, were you thinking, "Was this real or was this just a dream?" You know, no that it, that that's a funny thing because it, no, I never did. I never did. I never did because well, I was under anesthesia and when you have surgery, you don't dream and a medically induced coma is basically them giving you anesthesia, just like surgery and, you know, but that, that's a medical part of it. But yeah, um, no, I never, I never doubted it. it and you know, um, I'll never forget it. It's been three years. It's, I still remember it like it just happened. Mm-hmm. And, you know, sometimes I maybe I couldn't even tell you what I had for breakfast yesterday morning. But, yeah, it's it's right there all the time. Hmm. Is it it's not like I constantly think about it, but, right. you know. Is it something that you can't escape from? I, I don't think it's a prison. I don't think I need to escape from it. I think that it's... It helps me evolve, you know. Um, but, you know, if people are evolving anyway, even without near-death experiences. You know, that's evolution, you know. That, yeah, it's sometimes we, we just change. We adapt. We're adaptable creatures. Are you a religious or spiritual person? It's very spiritual. I do believe in religion, of course. I I read parts of the Bible, but then you know I like to study different religions around the world, like the, the Greek Greek um, Greek mythology, um, you know, uh, Tibetan, um, Buddhist. It's it, it's been something that I that I've liked to do for a long time, um, you know. When I was younger, you know, my friend's idea of a Friday and Saturday night was going roller skating at the, you know, at the roller skating rink. And I just wanted to sit in the library and research. So I've been on, I don't know, I I love knowledge. Mm -hmm. I think that knowledge is power. Mm -hmm. And the more we know, the more things that we can do, the more we grow. I guess we're both dating ourselves because it's interesting to think about the days pre-internet where you had to go to a library to look something up or get an encyclopedia or go to a bookstore. Yep. 
It's almost hard to remember those days. Well, and I think, you know, I I think maybe there is a possibility that we're going to see those days come back. I do believe that. Mm. I think where they're trying to go is eventually they want to wire our brains into the internet. You know, that's like the next step is so instead of just, you know, your thumbs are too slow. So you could just think a question and then it comes up to you immediately. Yeah, that's possible. It, you know, and it it's possible that it could have even yet already started. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, um, before we finish up here, do you have one last positive message that you want to share with everybody? Raise your vibrations up, people. The world is in need right now. There's too much greed. There's too much violence. Make the change. Make the change. Yeah, that was a great message. All right, Anna. Well, I wish you the best. Uh, have a wonderful evening and take care. You also. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for watching the Jeff Mara podcast. I really appreciate you. Another way to show support is through YouTube memberships. And if you do, there are loyalty badges and other perks depending on your level of membership. All you need to do is click the join button underneath the video to find out more. Thank you for your support.